Hello, my friends, and welcome to Robcast 171. And this one is called the Trace Bell Interview. A couple things real quickly before we get into this. Um, the next Largo show is November 18th, where I will be attempting a brief history of everything and anything, plus some other topics. <laughs> Would love to see you there because Largo is magical. And then secondly, um, Nashville. There's a couple of spots left for Nashville, which is next week. Two days in Nashville. I have two days worth of new content and some pictures and theories and ideas to show you. Talked about awakening, evolution, enlightenment, expansion, growth, change, tribes, all that stuff. We'll be covering it all. And uh, so, I would love to see you there. All that info is at robbell.com. Tickets for Largo are at largo-la.com. But now today, we have in the back house, for his first appearance on the Robcast, my son, Trace. Welcome to the back house. What's up, what's up, what's up? It's good to be here. <laughs> I think you walked 50 feet. Yes, back. yes, it was a long journey <laughs> to get back here. My son, Trace, uh, is 19. I t I'm talking to you like like you're not like sitting right here for some reason. Oh, I'm talking to them about you. Of course. And Trace, um, I have so much fun hanging out with Trace and talking with him. And the number of my friends who He's will come over... He's obligated to say that, by the way. <laughs> the number of my friends who come over and then afterwards are like, seriously... It's almost like they say, it was nice to see you, but your son Trace, that guy is fun to talk to. So then the other day, I thought... I should interview Trace, and I honestly didn't think you'd say yes. I think you'd be like, ah, Dad, seriously? But you were totally up for it. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Okay, so um, Trace and I have, it almost feels like we have an, un, an unending conversation that gets interrupted by sleep and work and school and that kind of thing. So I have a whole list of topics here I'm going to interview you about. And Sweet. we'll just go at it, and then people... <laughs> <laughs> yes, rustle some jimmies <laughs> Get some people uh, worked up <laughs> Rustle some jimmies Kristen Bell just showed up And now we're both <laughs> laughing already Okay, so um, Trace Let's go way back early 2016 The presidential primaries were just starting to crank And I remember you saying Dad, you have to understand that money is the central issue and that if a candidate isn't owned by corporations, that will trump, and I'm kind of using that verb intentionally. No, pun intended, yeah. Pun intended, or, or not pun, pun, or pun intended. intended. Right, exactly. Yeah. But I remember you saying, and I remember you saying to me, especially, especially for younger people, if somebody isn't owned by corporate interests, that will be the decisive factor yeah, way more than anybody realizes, and it turns out you were right. Yeah, I mean it's, it's huge. I think for a lot of people, um, I, I, it should be a deal breaker actually to a lot of people. I mean, if you have politicians taking money that had that leads them to conflicts of interest, interest once they get elected, I mean it's it's one of the biggest turnoffs if, to everyone to politicians in general. I mean, if you have someone taking money, that means they will represent the few, as in if they're taking money from corporations or taking money from really rich people, 0.26% of the population gives 68% of the money in politics. So whoa, you whoa, have whoa, whoa, whoa. 0.26% of, of the population gives 68% of the money. Um, and, then, and more money is being spent uh, in 
politics than ever before. So this is like, it's kind of unprecedented, the levels of corruption and the levels of um, basically legalized bribery that we have, where politicians take money from interests that mean that they represent those interests instead of the people that are elected. And like they, there was even that, that study uh, done by Princeton that, was the U, that found the U.S. actually operates more like an oligarchy than a democracy. And they had this is from the this is from that study. They said that the their analyst their analysis indicates that economic elites and organized groups representing business interests have substantial independent impacts on U.S. government policy, while average citizens and mass-based interest groups have little or no independent influence. So they this was a Princeton study that found we actually operate more like an oligarchy than a democracy. Our elected officials actually represent the rich and the elites and the corporations more than they rep actually represent the people. Um, and it, I mean, it's just, it's, it's one of the most concerning. I mean, they say money is the root of all evil and money is the root of all evil in politics. And it's, it's true. I mean, how many issues we just, there's stuff we want that doesn't get done. You know what I mean? Because yeah. people represent, I mean, there's, look at this. Have, people like to cite that 90% of Americans support universal background check for gun sales. Hasn't happened. We can't get that through. 71% of Americans support raising the minimum wage. Can't get that through. 70% of Americans support the Paris climate deal that we just backed out of. 61% uh, of Americans support marijuana legalization. 63% of Americans support making four-year public colleges and universities tuition-free. 52% of Americans support a single-payer healthcare system, which obviously most modern nations have some form of, and we don't. So, like, I mean, and that's just, there's just a few examples. I mean, you have so many issues in which the American people are in a consensus of, like, yeah, we want that. And we're like, no, we're not going to do that. Like, like if 90% if if of Americans want something, the fact that, like, it doesn't get done. Tells it, you that there is the obstacle is directly connected with a small group of people with an inordinate amount of influence. Yes, yes. It, it's Politicians get in and they, they represent the, the people, the small people that back them and the, the, the donors instead of the actual people because that's where the power is. It's at the top. Um, okay, when did you... Uh, when did you first... I don't remember... What are your first memories of finding politics interesting? Or, or uh, caring? Or becoming passionate? 2000, 2008, I was... I was 10 years old in 2008, which was Obama versus McCain. And I remember being interested in that for sure. I remember being like, like as much as a 10 year old could be, if that makes sense. So do you remember when mom and I took you to hear Obama? Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, that was, that was really cool. You know, I remember uh, that was in a 12,000 seat arena. It was a Van and he, there were no screens. So we, we were way up high. So, and there was no show. Do you know what I mean? There was no like there was no projection of his image. Yeah, he yeah. just walked in, came up to the stage, and it was like riveting, even from like the very back row. But I remember at watching you at ten, you were glued to it the whole way through. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think just seeing Obama speak. Um, I mean, just how charismatic and like how uh, he, how compelling he was. You know what I mean? He just was uh, amazing. And I, I remember, I remember like. Uh, being aware of the differences between him and McCain. I remember thinking, I, I, that's, that was so, that was that, that was 2008. So yeah. And yeah, then I remember 2012, mm -hmm. 2012, I was definitely interested in it. I remember that more so. I remember really thinking, really analyzing kind of the difference between Obama and Mitt Romney. And I remember watching the debates. I remember, so it was, it was kind of like a second stage. So I was kind of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had yeah, a general yeah. kind of idea. Yeah. I, 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 was, I was kind of interested in it. Like I, I was probably able to debate it, but then, 
this before 2016, uh, probably around 2015, yeah, probably 2015, when I realized that we were, go- it wasn't, it was going to be someone other, Obama was not going to get a third term. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it was going to be someone new. You know what I mean? It was going to be totally someone yeah. new. I remember being like, okay, I, this is really starting to get interesting. I remember learning about who might run for uh, the Democratic primary, who might run for Republican primary. You know what I mean? I really started to learn about, yeah. um, and you, obviously you showed me a lot of these people. And When uh, did you first sense, I've heard you say again, again, you always say it's the issues, it's the issues, it's the issues. Like with the Niger attack uh, recently, the ambush. You're all, you always, in every discussion we're in, whoever's over at the house, you're always like, it's about the issue. It's about the policy, not the personality. Yeah, I, I just think that, I think that the personalities of politicians dominates the conversation much more so than the policy should dominate. Like, we, we've, a lot of people, and, and it's kind of human nature, we follow the, the, the charisma and the, the personalities more than we actually follow the policies and the voting record and the, the interests like um i just think it's so crucial that you we all look at the policies and, and whatever i mean whatever you think about uh whatever, if you're pro-life uh pro-choice you know what i mean like it doesn't whatever you, your beliefs and whatever your policies are you have to follow those policies which then leads you to the politicians instead of following the politicians which then leads you to the policies tell me um, um i remember recently you your hot take on the niger ambush well, was a classic example of what, all of this getting confusing. What bothered me so much about the, the story was we find out that uh, an American soldier dies in Niger. Yeah. And th- then tr- Trump is then disrespectful to the widow of the soldier that died. I, I got that story correct. Um, and the... the what, There's controversy about what happened in the phone call between yes, him and, what, and the what, widow. What dominated the story, the storyline that dominated what happened was how uh disrespectful trump was to this widow and it, it's like and i told i mean i'm not defending him at all he's totally disrespectful and he, he was complete like he, was, he acted like a complete buffoon and the idiot that he is um <laughs> and but which shouldn't be surprising to anyone but what bothered me so much is we find out a u.s soldier dies in niger niger if you want to be an intellectual um <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we find out a U.S. soldier dies in Niger, and the story that the storyline that is created is about how Trump is rude to the widow. We had a soldier die in Niger, like <laughs> yes, no, like I mean, obviously some people brought it up, but what are we doing in Niger? You know what I mean? Like everyone's just kind of like, yeah, you know, we're just kind of there. Like that happens. Just, they were like, and right. they were like, uh, you know, we're all, we're protecting our, you know, we're teaching them human rights, we're protecting our country, as if Niger is gonna attack and conquer Toledo next Tuesday. <laughs> Like, <laughs> like it's so the the fact that we have this weird sort of like acceptance about yeah we just kind of go places and like like I just feel like if if you heard that story about Trump being rude to a widow's wife uh, for, uh, the the soldier who's the widow of yeah. the soldier who died in Niger if you hear that story and you are more outraged at the fact that he was rude to a widow than the fact that we have U.S. troops who are dying in Niger you kind of you're not keeping your eye on the ball. You're kind of missing the the whole point. Oh, you, you think about mean? you think about the we're four percent of the world's population. Yeah. So and we have military bases all over the world. I mean, uh, eight hundred military bases yeah. or something. Somewhere between six hundred and eight hundred. So how is this relatively small country? What are we doing? Where? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What are we doing? We're, there? we're teaching them human rights. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> like it, it's it's the most ridiculous. And so it's just 
it, 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 I totally understand outrage of how Trump was disrespectful, and he totally was disrespectful, not defending him at all. But the fact that that was the most, that was the takeaway from a lot of people was that he was rude to someone instead of the fact like, hey, right, idiot, get right. our, what get are our soldiers out of Niger. Right. You know what I mean? Like, okay, second, Saudi Arabia on a similar vein. Uh, what do you mean? You and I were talking about Saudi Arabia and weapons deals yeah, well, with well, Saudi Arabia. So, I'm, I mean, I think Trump, Trump's t- ties with Russia kind of dominates the media. He opened eight new businesses in Saudi Arabia during the campaign. Okay, he opened eight new businesses in Saudi Arabia during the campaign. He gets into office and approves a $110 billion weapon deal to Saudi Arabia. Like, the fact that this is not on every single banner, on every single news show, every day. Hey, this guy, this, this, this candidate opened eight new businesses in Saudi Arabia, and now he's approving $110 billion weapon deals. I mean, why is that not dominating every single news station? You know what I mean? So Whoa, wait, what? He opened eight new businesses, and now he's approving weapons deals to Saudi Arabia, who commits war crimes and executes atheists in the town square and executes people for witchcraft? I mean, like, that, what? So the like, fact that Russia has dominated the news and possible links or collusion when you have actual documented... Uh, what would you even call it? Like impropriety, illegal activity, compromised interests. What would you call this? I mean, corrupt. I don't know how corrupt, you know, so just corruption. corruption. I mean, you, you think that the fact that the one has dominated the news and the other hasn't. Yeah, you think um, those, you, if you can, if you don't think those are related, I don't know. I don't really know what to tell you. So I mean, you're a big fan of CNN? Yeah. Oh yeah, I think they do a great job. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag, it's not hashtag fake news. It's hashtag incompetent news. <laughs> Why do you have? Tell me, because I've heard you on numerous occasions have issue with mainstream. Media. They just what suck. is your they, fundamental issue? They, they suck. Issue? They're not good at. They're not do, good at uh, doing their job. They don't. They don't. They focus on the wrong stuff. I, I mean, I don't think. I think fake news is kind of wrong because I don't really think they're incorrect news. I just think they don't. Their priorities are kind of out of whack, and they don't focus on the the right stuff. You know what I mean? It's a lot about. I mean, tr- Trump increased the, the drone strike program by. Let me get this, let me get this number. Four hundred and thirty-two percent, and we're more worried about him retweeting images of or gifts of him. Uh, hitting Hillary with a golf ball, you know what I mean? Like that. Like we, wait, he increased the drones program? Yes. Okay. L- look at this. This is a this is a article from AntiMedia.org. So Obama's drone strike, which it was estimated that 49 out of the 50 people were civilians that we killed in that drone strike program. The report came out in 2015 that 90%. This was the report. So there was an estimated that 49 out of 50 people were civilians. Then the report came out that up to 90% of the drone casualties. We're not the intended targets. So we're hitting civilians, and we have a drone program that hits 90% of the wrong people. And this is corroborated and documented. This yes, is yes. This, this is legit. Okay. Yes. Trump increases that drone strike program 432. It said that um, Obama was do- approving one... Uh, he-, he was approving one about every 5.4 days, and Trump's doing one every 1.25 days. So the fact that Trump increasing our basically illegal drone strike program... 432%. The fact that that is not on every single banner 24-7, you know what I mean? Why doesn't that get covered? That's uh, huge. It's just because it's, it's just kind of accepted, I think. I think it's it just is like, oh, you know, we just kind of go. It's we, also we, interesting. We just kind of go and kill the bad guys and, you know, if, if people die and, you know, that's just how it is. It's okay. interesting how drone strike, uh, if it, 
a drone strike hits is an it has an intended target, but a bunch of innocent civilians die. I mean, in we the bombed process. a wedding. I mean, we, there, there was a that's that Obama scandal. We, we just bombed like a wedding. People were just at a wedding and just bombed them. Like, oops, sorry. That like creates terrorists. Yeah, I mean, you think that. Yeah, you think that that's not when we're, when we're dropping bombs on them. You think that people aren't able to be radicalized. You think that yeah. young. Middle East it's like a recruitment tool. Are like, hey, look at we. Just, they just the U.S. just bombed a wedding. They're bombing ninety percent of the wrong people. You know what I mean? Look how evil they are. We, we think and that, that like, why now? Why doesn't why isn't that lead news? I don't. And then all this that, but, other like I mean, what I got think tweeted. A, what I think got, that's a, I think that's a great question. I mean, I think that's I think that's a question that a lot of us should be asking. I think that why why hey CNN why are you why isn't this not your banner every week? Do you and. It seems like, and, and watching how you interact with the news, it seems like we're going to have a revolution in the way news is covered. Well, because you see independent news sites. I mean, you, yeah. YouTube news is huge. You see independent news sites because CNN, yeah. MSNBC, MSNBC, and whatever, fill in the blank, aren't good. You know what I mean? They just aren't, they aren't good. Do you think that's, job. is that a sensibility issue or is that a generational issue? What are your, what, uh, do you think that's because you're young? Do you think younger... Well, I mean, yeah. How many demographics are? How many nineteen-year-olds are like turning on Wolf Blitzer? You know what I mean, like, <laughs> right? The most boring guy ever. Like, <laughs> like they, they, no, we're just not turning those on. You know what I mean, like, yes, um, right, right. Like, you know, Chris Matthews. I want to hear what Chris Matthews has to say about the news. Like, as he gives this really kind of, you know, polished kind of. I'm going to present the news in a really like, you know, come on, like, just ridiculous. Okay. So, now, um, tell me about, do you think the current structure of Republicans and Democrats, that that will hold and just get tweaked or maybe improved or maybe it blow itself up? Or do you think we're going to move to some post these two option parties way of doing uh, it? I don't know. I think, I, I think a kind of a combination of the two in the sense that I think that they're are I think the parties are so powerful and I think that it's been such a it's been the way we've done things for so long that I think that you will have new movements that insert themselves and, and new ideas insert themselves in the party so I think you you'll more see the parties change over time than like a post party oh, okay. era if that makes sense I, I mean I'm just kind of you know yeah that's just what I think I'm, I don't really like have why do you um, think but why do you think Bernie Sanders do you think like a Bernie Sanders movement will stay within the Democratic Party or future yeah. Bernie Sanders? Well, this is movements? this is a big thing in, in, with with the Bernie Sanders movement and and the 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 left is that you have to do you it's like the the decision to either try to go third party and just try to take the Democrats down or do you like kind of put your movement into the Democratic Party and and yeah. have the Democratic Party have represent that and I think both I can I can totally understand both arguments for either way but i think that a lot of people just realize that the only way to get this stuff to work is to infiltrate infiltrate and get your get your party to represent uh what you feel you know so what, you have like this tension sense. between center democrat and and bernie sanders yeah, and then on Democrats the right and yeah you have kind of like tea, tea party, party tea party which kind of tea party is kind of over the Republican Party a little bit, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So you have both sides. You have like uh, kind of the the I don't want to say fringe because actually the the left the policies they want are actually with the majority of Americans. But you kind of have the outside kind of uh, 
moving into the inside and taking over the party. And I, I, so I, I so always think we'll have Democrats and Republicans. I just think that you'll see the, the platforms change. I mean, you oh, see a, lo- a, lot of, a lot of the Democrats that might be running are adopting Bernie Sanders' Medicare for All bill because they just know like it, it's make or break. You know, you're not, you're not accepting the Medicare for All bill. We're not voting for you. So, so instead of it splintering into two, three, four, five parties, you see the, the two main parties just continuing to have yeah. like a, like a, a struggle and, yeah. for identity for sure. and formation among yeah. themselves. For sure, yeah. Um, I've often heard you talk about um, TPP as an example of something the Democrats didn't get, and it cost them. Well, it cost... I think the it cost, perception, should we I say. I think it cost election. And, and um, what do you... I mean, uh, break that down for us. Okay, well, so TPP and... Democrats that are for TPP and NAFTA, which essentially... Trade deals. Yeah, trade deals. Essentially ship jobs overseas. I mean, they... I, I don't... I can't really get into the super detail. I'm not like yeah. an expert on this, but essentially they just ship jobs overseas. People lose their jobs. And you see... I mean, you look at the what's the area that won Trump the election and Hillary lost the election it was the Rust Belt. So you have people and Trump actually won in counties and he won voters that said trade cost jobs. So it was the one thing I'd say it was probably the most important issue of the election because you have Hillary who was pro TPP, her husband did NAFTA, you have Trump who was whose rhetoric was against TPP in these I mean he's totally lying, but you had Trump who was against this. So you had Trump that was anti-TPP and anti... The perception of his rhetoric, which was so powerful. Exactly. So you have... So when people are like, how did Trump win? I don't really understand how Trump win. It's like, come on, you got to get with it. Like, because this is... A, <laughs> no, we're a, we're a year removed. Uh, uh, right. Almost a year. I mean, right, exactly. Right. We're like, we're a year removed. So when people are still like confused, like, oh, how did Trump beat Hillary? It's like, okay, if, we don't, if you don't understand how Trump beat Hillary, we're... Democrats are not going to win in 2020 because it, it, it's one of the most important things. Hillary was for TPP. Trump's rhetoric was against it. So Trump was basically against it. You have people in the states he won, Michigan, the Indiana. Did he win Indiana? I can't remember. I don't remember. Uh, Ohio, uh, Pennsylvania. Like people whose jobs were shipped overseas were like, hey, I'd rather risk it on this complete buffoon with a meerkat on his head <laughs> than go with the person that I know Hillary was Hillary was essentially the status quo and I, I don't I don't want people to misconstrue that as me saying I mean the first woman president wouldn't be status quo I'm more talking yeah. about her policies her policies yeah, yeah. are status quo so you're like why would I vote for the status quo candidate with it got my job shipped overseas instead of just going with the guy that kind of has anti-establishment rhetoric and I just take a risk you know what I mean so when pe- people were able to look past the Hollywood access tape people were able to look past all the complete buffoonery. did you think the Hollywood access tape would finish him off at the, at the time, I didn't think it would finish him off, but I was like, "Oh boy, that was a, it was a big blow." It was it, to his. I was like, That's "And then weirdly tough. made him weirdly stronger." Uh, weird. Weirdly. I don't. I don't know about made him stronger. I think that people were just able to look. I don't. I think what people don't understand is people were able to look past that stuff because yeah. when you're talking about people's jobs, like I don't care that he said that stuff. I'm talking about my my job was shipped overseas because of yeah, NAFTA. Right, 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 right. You know what I mean? And this person's for it. So why would I take, you know what I mean? Uh, and, right, and it, you think about it in terms of survival. If I'm trying to put food on my family's table. Yeah. And I, for whatever reason, the narrative has been explained to me this way. Yeah. And somebody comes along and said, and appears to continue that narrative. And somebody else seems yeah. to say, no, enough of that. Yeah. 
and and so the number of people who are like, but there's no character, there's no competence, there's no integrity. It wasn't even a good businessman. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Like it, it doesn't it, matter if you're trying exactly. to put people on your people, table. That's what you're like saying. Like when I would see I hear you when saying. I would see ads when I would see Hillary ads run that were like showing the famous ad of the kids sitting in front of the TV and Trump swearing and the kids, is this a good example for our children? Trump swearing. People in, you think people in the Rust Belt that got their jobs overshipped are like, oh, you know, I did, you know, she brings up a good point. He does say the S word occasionally. You know what I mean? He does say the <laughs> F word occasionally. Like, come on. You know what I mean? Like, the, 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 for, to not realize why people would overlook Trump's stuff it's, you have to put yourself in other people's shoes. You know what I mean? That's tough for a lot of us that haven't had TPP and NAFTA. You know what I mean? Right. I, don't, I don't know anyone that's had th their lives affected right, by TPP right, and NAFTA. Right. We haven't. You know what I mean? Right. But like right. the inability to put yourself in other people's shoes and realize why they voted for Trump. And of course, a lot of people voted for Trump because of the xenophobic, racist. And they're, they're awful. They're, they're never going to get one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. But the people, like when I see articles ran, there's no such good thing as a Trump voter. You're trying to lose 2020 if you run articles like that. You know what I mean? You want Trump for eight years if you're writing articles like that. Because if you demonize every single person that voted for Trump and not put yourself in their shoes and understand why they voted for him, you're never going to win them over and you're going to lose every election. You know what I mean? Yes. Because you're, you're yes. insulting them. You know what I mean? How about we yeah. focus on the issues and realize why they did that? And how about Democrats realize, hey, maybe we shouldn't be for TPP and NAFTA. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. wacky idea, I know, but... Um, Maybe we shouldn't be for the uh, the policy that literally lost us the election, or one of the policy, right. the most important policy that lost us the election. But just that inability to 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 have some introspection and look at that and and use that information moving forward is so scary to me because it just how do um, you f um, <laughs> this by the way we're gonna do t ball right now I'm just gonna put the ball on the t okay. how do you feel right now a year later about Democrats who are still blaming the election loss? on Russian meddling. Uh, uh, it, I almost have no words for if if you really blame the election. On, if you s look at everything and really believe that Russia Facebook ads, I mean, seriously, Russia, what's the what's the claim now? I mean, it's, it's new every day. First, it was Pokemon Go. Really, Russia? Pokemon Go? You know what I mean? Yes. Man, oh, House of my, Cards? Yeah, my, Char my Charizard told me to vote for, uh, my Pikachu <laughs> told me to vote for Trump. Um yeah, how they watched the Russian agents watched House of Cards. And my my thing is okay, unless Russia like hacked the election booth booths and like changed the voting count. My my also my message is like, okay, the Democratic Party should be so confident in their message that hey, little Russia Facebook ads and like who cares? We'll beat we'll still beat you. Our message is going to be so good, and we're going to be with the American people so much that you can have by a million dollars in Russia Facebook ads and Russia twit trolls or whatever they say, and we'll still beat you. You know what I mean? And, and like to, to just use this Russia thing as a deflection, it also it, it removes the need for any uh, uh, introspection or it removes the need for, to like look at yourself and get better as a party. You know what I mean? Because if you just, yeah. oh, the Russians, the Russians did it. We were, we were fine until the Russians came along and then we lost. Okay, so th that means you're just not, it's like losing a game and just blaming the ref instead of actually looking at your game plan and realizing where your game plan went wrong. And try so like to losing a game and blaming the ref. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's so good. Okay. Um, talk to me about how do you think the way that we as a nation handle the, the volatile sort of electric topics like guns, especially post Las Vegas, but then it was post Orlando. We were post, well, and we've been post we're, a major we're recording shooting. this November 5th. What time is it right now? 12, one, yeah, one o'clock? A couple hours ago, uh, 27 people dead in Texas. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't know if you heard. No, I, I haven't seen the news. The yeah, best so, of ours. Um, so we have another one. Yeah, right so now. it feels like we're always post a major traumatic shooting where your heart just breaks and bleeds yeah. for the latest yeah. victims. Um, how how do you see things changing in the way we talk? And then there'll be after each shooting the normal. We need to do something about this. And then the NRA, and there'll be a there'll be the pushback of it's not guns that kill people, it's bad people who kill. There'll be another slogan. I mean, how do we make progress in these sorts of areas that are that? Whenever you talk about them, there's just landmines everywhere. I mean, there's just so volatile. Well, I think the gun violence one, the the gun debate is really tricky in in the sense that obviously it's very emotional because it's obviously we're dealing about tragic events. Yes, um, I think that if there's one thing that I think is important when we talk about gun, I think that when we look at macro statistics, we have 33,000 gun deaths a year. Some of those are suicides, some of those are accidents. I think around 10,000 homicides a year. Like, to, when, we, when we talk about Las Vegas and, um, peop, and people are like, the, the guy that did it had no criminal history, um, so he was legally able to buy a gun. There might not be a way to stop that guy from getting a gun because he had no record. Like I'm for universal background checks, like, like with 90% of Americans are like, there might be, if you have no criminal, if someone does something that awful that has no criminal yeah. history, there might be no way to stop him from getting a gun. Um, but to act like, and then we can, we, and then there's a conversation to be had about banning assault weapons and high capacity magazines and that you get more, close the gun show loophole. Those close the gun show loophole. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. But like, the people are like, well, you know, you couldn't have stopped him with gun, uh, with your gun control. He still would have got a gun. Just like to have that like open and shut. Like, well, what are you going to do? You couldn't have stopped that specific instance. Like, you're not going to stop every specific instance unless you want to ban all guns, which I don't think is realistic. Yeah. And only right. like a small number of people actually want that. Right. But to act like just because Las Vegas wasn't able to be stopped by measures that we want as gun control, to act like the whole gun, just wanting gun control, stupid then, is ridiculous to me because. You can't tell me that if we implemented certain measures, that 33,000 and that 10,000 homicides number wouldn't go down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So just acting like that specific instance couldn't be stopped. So it's just the, the whole discussion is just kind of over. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It's so ridiculous to me because it's like, okay, we're not talking about, I mean, we're, like the, the Orlando shooter had a history. You know what I mean? Dylan Roof, the South, I think it was South Carolina, the church shooter, he there was like a, some sort of a back, the, the background check wasn't, uh, there was something off about it. Like there's certain, there's, there are instances in which it could have stopped it. In this one instance, maybe it couldn't have, but to act like just because in Las Vegas, it couldn't have just to scrap all of it. You know what I mean? It's so ridiculous to me because we're dealing with macro statistics. You know what I mean? Got and it. We're dealing Got that, that 33,000 number could be cut down. Um, well, it's interesting. Also, there's this, it's all, it's like a spiritual issue. Something horrible keeps happening and any suggestion somebody makes to try and prevent it, somebody simply says, no, 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 that won't work. That won't work. That's like despair. Yeah. There's n- we're he- well, essentially saying, we're helpless. This is just yeah. how, what it means to live in... Well, the- and I think there was the Harvard study that more guns equal more gun deaths. Places yeah, yeah. where there's more... And you can use your little... Like, there's specific little like uh, antidotes. Like, oh, Houston there's Houston versus Chicago. You know, Chicago has a tougher... Whatever. But like, in, we're, we're talking broad sense more guns equals more gun deaths. Well, you just so, think about globally, Americans have more guns and we have more shootings. Yeah, so I mean, I, I, so that, that, that data seems fairly straightforward. We're never, that number never is going to be zero. You know what I mean? We're never going to have yeah. zero gun deaths. But to just act like, 
we have 33,000 should be an unacceptable number. And I, I know it's tough to talk about like acceptable numbers of gun deaths because that just sounds awful. But, right, that's right, a weird sentence. Yeah. Um, but just like there are certain things that could bring that number down. And it's like the fact that we're not really working and we can't get stuff passed that would bring that number down is kind of disheartening, I think. Um, I, I totally agree. Okay, now um, a, c- a couple of things about the news. How do you feel about somebody who says, I'm tired of the circus, I'm turning off the news, I don't care, I'm just checking out? Yeah, I've heard this, where people are like, oh, I'm taking a news hiatus, I'm taking a, I'm not, I don't, I don't pay attention to it, it's too disturbing. I, 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 I kind of have like a weird, I, I think that you should, if it's, if it's affecting your mental health, you should always put your mental health first. So like, if the news is literally affecting your mental health and affecting how you go about your life, yeah, maybe you should take a break. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But but it's just such a weird reaction to me to like see all this awful stuff going on and see all this important stuff that affects so many people's lives and just to be like, no, nah, I'm just, I'm just kind of turning it off. I'm not really like what a weird position to be in in which you can just be like, no, nah, I'm not gonna really gonna pay attention to it. Oh, oh, it's almost yeah. like a like what a what an amazing luxury. Yeah, that somebody it just can seems, be like. I don't know. It just seems like you at the moment when we need your vote, your voice, your engagement more than ever. Yeah. And I'm not you saying you need to go out and be like you the, could literally just yeah, check out. I'm not saying you need to go out and be like the number one activist, but just to like kind of block yourself out, like oh, I'm not going to pay attention to that. It just is weird to me because it's like we're we're talking about like stuff that, that we're talking about the world here. You know what I mean? The stuff that healthcare, affects, violence. You education. should care about this. You, should, yeah. you don't need to be an expert. You should care about this stuff. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, what do you say to the person who? <laughs> okay, me, who got in a weird rut starting year and a half ago where in the morning we'd check the news to see the latest insane Trump tweet and then the news cycle that would follow the tweet, almost like an ongoing reality show to see what would happen in this episode. And then we found ourselves with abnormally high levels of anxiety because of this weird, almost like a, now look back on it, like a reality show we were involuntarily caught up in. Do you know what I mean? Where, what do you say to somebody who's tired of the insane tweets starting the day off there? Uh, you know what I mean? What do I that say? That thing where uh, that collective insanity that seems to have sucked up lots of people in its wake, where, did you hear what he said this day? Did you hear what he said? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I don't know it's, what, what I would tell them. Uh, I just started not looking at the news till the late afternoon. Huh, like, like okay. that's what I did because, um, have you noticed this from anybody else? This, like, I am tired of giving headspace to nonsense. Well, you don't need to necessarily give headspace to non. I mean, there's. It's not like I'm not as saying people. You should just block yourself off. Like you should mm-hmm. still focus on some stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, so if that stuff drives you crazy, I mean, there's other stuff to focus on. I mean, focus on holding your own politicians accountable, whether that's your congressman, whether that's your senator, whether that's your governor, like. I'm not saying everyone needs to be an expert on Trump's affairs and Trump's policies, but I think that you should be care about it in in some capacity. Um, just to completely block yourself out from all of it and just not care about any of it is kind of ridiculous, I think. Um, yes, totally with you. Now, next point. Um, hashtag resistance. Your thoughts? Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm ha- laughing already. Hashtag resistance needs a makeover a year out. Um, Hashtag resistance. I I don't. Well, first off, they kind of be like it's. They kind of become a parody of themselves in a lot of ways. And I I, to, 
I think that you should resist Trump. We all should dislike Trump. We should dislike him for his policies and we should dislike him for what he's doing. And the fact, I, I feel like so much of the Trump stuff is dominated by his behavior, his demeanor, his decorum, you know what I mean? What he, who he attacks when he tweets. Like the resistance has to be more than we don't like Trump's behavior and we don't like Trump, how Trump talks to people and how Trump's disrespectful to people. You know what I mean? We have um, Jeff, Jeff Flake is, a, is a, an example of that. Jeff Flake uh, does a speech, resigns. Congressman from? Arizona. Yeah, okay. Jeff Cornflakes. Um, <laughs> Jeff Flakes, Jeff Cornflakes does a speech about how he's leaving the, le- leaving, Senate. yeah, leaving the Senate about how he can't take it anymore. And people are like, oh, Jeff Flake, welcome to the resistance. Yes, Jeff Flake. Um, Jeff Flake voted with Trump 90% of the time. So the resistance is made up of people. You're allowing people, you're allowing people in the resistance that voted with Trump 90% of the time. Like what is Jeff Flake resisting? You know what I mean? What is the resistance resisting? George Bush does a speech in which he vaguely kind of condemns Trump. Now, 50, without mentioning him, without mentioning him, um, by the way, if you're going to take shots, name him. Okay. Stop, stop being weak. Uh, he, t- he, he takes shots, he takes these vague shots at Trump. 51% of Democrats now have a favorable view of, Trump, uh, of Bush. Okay, George Bush cannot be in the resistance. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> certain members of the resistance, because what are you resisting at that point? You know what I mean? Yeah. We're yeah, talking yeah. about a guy that invaded the wrong country and killed 200,000 Iraqi civilians. Like, that guy is part of the resistance, a guy that voted 90%. Like, you ha- the resistance has to be more, the resistance has to be, hey, Trump, take away get rid of the drone strike program you've increased it 432 percent hey trump you just repealed the clean water act which allows yeah. people which allows uh that one's devastating people to pollute the, the companies can pour exactly pollutants like and the resistance into has waterways. to be more than like you know this guy really ruined the decorum of our political process you know what i mean he really is disrespectful like you think about the resistance um, what are those companies that will now be dumping toxic chemicals into waterways? Show us the pictures yes. of the water yes. being dumped. This is what we're resisting. The, the, you have to have your policies that you're for, and you have to have your principles that the, res, the, the resistance is based off of, instead of just, we don't like Trump, and anyone that doesn't like Trump is part of the, the resistance. Like, like, like you, It has to be stronger than that, because it's just, what is it? You're just anyone that's against Trump? I mean, like, but there's a lot of people that are against Trump that are also bad people that do bad stuff. You're, like, so it yeah. can't be just you're against Trump and then it just turns into like, we don't like how Trump attacks Morning Joe hosts on Twitter. We don't like how Trump retweets offensive right. images. Like, come on. He, right, right. Trump increased in Syria, Afghanistan, and Iraq after he said he wouldn't. You know, after he was had a non-interventionist. Um, yes. This is a guy that advocated during a Republican national debate that we had to bomb the families of ISIS. He essentially advocated for terrorism during a national debate. And like the resistance is like, oh, Trump attacked. Trump said something mean about so and so. Trump, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, come on! Like, you. you There's so hit much hit him substance. on what? Yeah, exactly. Hit him on the substance. Hit him on what matters. And you have to exclude certain people. Hey, George Bush, go away. Hey, Jeff Flake, go sit in a <laughs> Jeff Cornflakes, go sit in a corner. You know what I mean? You voted with him ninety percent of the time. Get out of here, you loser. You know what I mean? Like, you don't. You don't get to vote with somebody 90% of the time and then... No, yeah, no. So, so it's substance, how you vote, the policy. It's interesting to me in, f- for you, th- uh, the natural state of politics is 
significant discussion about substance and policy. It has to be. It, and has, that, it has to be, yes. What, what most of the public, when they hear the word politics, think about is this whole world of theater and distraction from the actual serious issues. No, it has to be. We, these are people that represent the... These are public servants that represent the public. They are supposed to represent what we want. It's a democracy. These are elected officials that we elect that do the things that we want and they represent us. Okay. Representing us is implementing certain policies and doing certain things yeah. that we want. It can't be about, oh, I love... You know, this guy's a, he's a leader. You know, this guy, he gave a great speech. This guy has a lot of charisma. No, it has to be about what they want, what they're going to do, how they're going to implement that, you know what I mean? Their yeah. voting record, who they're taking money from. Like, Okay, on that exact, just to follow up on that, how do you feel about people who in response to Trump say things like Tom Hanks 2020? Okay, the... the or fill, some other, or The Rock. The, Tom Hanks, or Tom Hanks 2020, Beyonce 2020, The Rock 20, fill in the blank. Okay, this is the, the most, pri- this is the prime example of people not doing what I just said, is where you, you just, you know, I like this person. They, they, they could run for, run in 2020. Like, you, because of their personality, like, do we know anything that Tom Hanks wants to do? Do we know anything that, like, the, the Jimmy Fallon segment where the, the Rock comes on, they talk about running for president, people are cheering and clapping about the, the possibility of The Rock running for president. And nothing against The Rock. I mean, he's a, he's a smart dude. He's a funny dude. But, like, we don't know any, the Rock hasn't said any, is The Rock for raising minimum wage? The Rock against TPP? Is The Rock, you know, does The Rock want to bring our troops out of Afghanistan? You know, like, we don't know anything about The Rock and we're like, oh, great, The Rock could run for president. It, you, you have, we have to be better than that. Like, and, and it's not, it's not like just because they're a celebrity doesn't mean they could be a good politician. If one of those people we mentioned came out and were like, oh, I'm for this, 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 and this, and it was like fantastic, I'd be like, oh, great, you know what I mean? They're actually about the, but like, when you hear about someone you like running for president, but you don't know anything about them and you're automatically excited, you ha- you have to, we have to hold people, uh, we have to have uh, higher standards than that. You know exactly, I mean? exactly. Like, the response and, 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 to bad and, celebrity president can't be good celebrity president. And, and, and the argument, well, he's better than Trump. Yeah, go get your dog, you know what I mean, <laughs> from the backyard and put him in, pre- like, like that's not, a, that's not a convincing argument, you know what I mean? He's better than Trump. Anyone's better than Trump. Go get any random guy off the street and put him in president. I'm sure he'd be better than than Trump's been in, in this past year. You know what I mean? So that, that's not that's not convincing. You know what I mean? Like that's that's not a good argument. It um, it's almost like it says something about how low the bar is. Yeah. And, and, and we des- we and deserve the resp- better. The response to the Republicans running a celebrity is not hey let's run a celebrity. Like no, we're going to run a politician that has a good voting record and has is actually about the policies. Yeah. To beat that, because like, yeah, what wh- when th- when they do that, we're supposed to do that. Like, I don't understand. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So that that we need to all stop that. And it's that's not to say that a celebrity can't be a good president. And that's not to say I have anything against those people. I just we, I have to know more before we get excited about them. And you have to be more serious. You're, you have to be more of a serious person. This is serious. Then yeah. Be, then yeah. yeah yeah. There you go. It's like our shared common life together is serious, and we yeah. it's not a talk show. Yeah, it's not like a like a, a just movie because premiere. Trump just because Trump implemented his, yeah. his buffoonery, you know what I mean? Yeah. Doesn't mean that we need to um, do it. a couple more questions. On a scale of one to ten, how would you rate Melania Trump's anti cyber? <laughs> I, <laughs> I can't I, even get through the question. I know. How would you funny. rate Melania I, I, Trump's anti cyber bullying? See, bullying I think problem. they lack so much. Of, I think this administration lacks so much awareness. I mean, Ben Carson is in charge of 
HUD, Housing Urban Development. I mean, that's like something from a movie. Rick Perry, I don't even know what Rick Perry's in charge of. He's in charge of something. And if Rick Perry's in charge of something, that is the worst administration ever. I mean, like, Rick Perry should never be in charge of anything ever in his life. You know what I mean? Um, so this, this administration lacks so much awareness, and Trump's family lacks so much awareness. But I, I, I have to believe Melania being anti-bully, they have to be in on the joke. When they like, said it's yeah. too, it's too ironic and it's too crazy for me not to believe that like Trump laughs about the fact that There's, Melania, like he called Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas on Twitter the other day, like, like you're against bullying and like come on, I have to believe they're in on the joke. But if they're not, I mean, it's, it's just, even worse. The, the irony, it's worse almost, the irony is almost like just kills me. It's like, literally I, worse either way. Yeah. Um, do you do you have hope for where our political life? And the process. Do you have hope for where it's headed? Uh, yeah, I think I. I, I that's, that's, it's kind of a weird question because I, I, I hope. I guess I hope so. <laughs> like, um, I hope so <laughs> that I have hope. Like, uh, I think that I think that if we all kind of uh, collectively come together, and I, I know this sounds corny and kind of cliche, but I think I mean, if we all come together and focus on the right stuff i think that we could get someone i th- i think that if we if we get a game plan good enough for 2020 i think that we could take down trump i think that we could put someone else in there that's better um but i think that it, 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 it we need a lot more introspection and we need to really really analyze why what went wrong and what we could do better and i think that i i, I mean i do i do have hope at young people my age i think that there's there's definitely a, a movement you saw with Bernie Sanders. I mean, there's definitely young people are leading some sort of resurgence and some sort of charge that I think I have hope for, um, and I think that we'll always evolve and get better. I think that Trump Trump seems like a step back, and it kind of is a step back. But just because there's this one step back means that all this progress is just kind of um, gone is is wrong. I think that there's there's some mm, ways well said. ways we can improve. Um, so I don't I don't want I mean Trump's super discouraging and. He, what an awful just doing an awful job but just for that to be like oh you know we're we're done no hope this is kind of ridiculous you know what i mean because if anything we we need that more so right now than ever um so yeah that's, that's what i'd say about that i don't that's why i asked uh, the question is because i thought you'd probably say something like that it's tough I, I kind of have a vague answer to that no, no it's not vague I, at all no I, no i don't really know what to say. i'm not really someone that's like oh you know so much hope for the future. And I'm not someone that's either like, oh, we're just we're screwed. Never, nothing's ever going to work. You know what I mean? I kind of operate in the middle somewhere where it's like, yeah, you know, it, it is what it is. You know what I mean? I don't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. This has been great. Now, can we can we finish with a speed round? Okay. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't. For the record, I don't. I don't know any. No, you don't know yeah. anything. that's coming. You don't know anything. that's coming. Okay. Um. <sighs> To my Rabcast friends, the three things that Trace and I talk about the most are politics, as you probably figured out, sports, and movies. And in this episode, we 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 were we were all politics. Oh yeah. yeah okay, so I, what I want to do is a speed round here okay, at the okay. end, somewhat related to our other favorite topics of discussion. Okay. Okay. So here we go. Um, this statement right here. Do you agree? Disagree? Strongly disagree? Strongly agree? Okay. So I'm just going to say a st- statement. <laughs> Okay. I'm gonna say a statement, statement that's true, and then you can tell me okay. whether you. LeBron James is the best basketball player ever. Uh, a thousand percent agree. Oh, really? Yeah, strongly agree. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
second question, Planet of the Apes is one of the best trilogies of movies ever. Strongly agree. Completely. Yeah. Top five? I mean, uh, no, no order. Lord of the Rings, Dark Knight, uh, Godfather, uh, Planet of the Apes has to be up there. Yeah. Oh, wow. Maybe even top five. Okay. Over, under on the movie Logan getting an Oscar nod. Uh, well, my heart says one thing. My brain says something different. Uh, I would nothing would make me happier than seeing that movie get an Oscar nomination. Uh, I don't. Uh, I'll say under just under is in it doesn't get an Oscar nomination, right? If I had to predict, if I had to put money, I'd probably say no. But I've never had a movie that I wanted to see an Oscar nomination more than that movie, probably. So okay. Yeah. Um. Fill in the blank. Okay. I hope you have a lot. I love these questions, by the way. I hope you have a lot of these. Uh, Fill in the blank. The New England Patriots are? Uh, <laughs> the, the most annoying sports team I've ever had the displeasure of uh, viewing uh, and experiencing in my life. Um, that, yeah, that's my least favorite sports franchise ever. Okay. Um, f- finish this scenario. The Detroit Lions are down <laughs> by six. They, they lose. That's, 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 that's <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert. They blow it. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh wait! I didn't even. Was that the? Was that the quote? <laughs> I didn't. I actually knew that if I just. Oh, <laughs> you didn't. Even, <laughs> you didn't even have anything written on there. I I didn't have a scenario because I thought if I just say the Detroit Lions, <coughs> excuse me, you uh, would probably jump on it. Okay. Um, the movie It is great because uh, it's the I, I've never. It's the best horror and the best comedy of the year. Uh, at the same time, interesting. At the same time, yeah. I, th- I think it's I think it's a horror movie that does more than just scare you, and I think it does. It's a coming of age. It's a coming of age comedy and a horror movie all in one, and I think it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Oh, very interesting. Okay, um, fill in this blank. The problem with the NFL is uh, the problem with the NFL is they don't care about player safety. Um, they haven't. They've been reactionary instead of um, re- reactionary instead of I don't know the word for uh, pre- instead of taking preventative message. Proactive. Measure, yeah, proactive. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the right word. That's the word. Um, they've been reactionary instead of proactive in player safety. Um, I think that they. Ha- I, I don't think they've handled a lot of their controversies well. I think there's some some of the domestic violence. I think has been really poorly handled. Um, and I don't. I think they care about player safety when it affects their brand and when it affects their wallets, instead of actually caring about the player safety. So, um, yeah. Um, over under on Colin Kaepernick being um, hired by a team. Uh man, I I don't know the shape he's in. I don't know if there's something that we don't know about the shape he's in. Mm. My I I strongly think that he's being blackballed by the NFL because of his political stance. Um, so I, I would probably say under in the chance that he ever gets to play in the NFL again. But um, 
unless there's some like unless he's out of shape and unless there's some something we don't know about i think the i think that we've saw someone get blackballed for kneeling to raise awareness to a serious issue that affects a lot of people which should make everyone sick i mean uh yeah even if you vehemently disagree with him if you believe in the first amendment and believe in the the right to protest um, especially peaceful, silent protests, you, they should make you sick that he, Colin Kaepernick might never play a game again in the NFL. Well said. Well said. Um. <laughs> okay. Finish this sentence. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> Tom Brady will play football until... Uh, <laughs> I think this is... Well, I don't know. I don't want to say that. Uh, I don't know. The NFL is so tough because any any play can take you out, can end your season. So I mean, obviously I hate the Patriots, but I would never want to see anyone get seriously injured. But um, I think he has guys drop off and they get quarterbacks drop off and they get in their forties. Um, uh, I think he plays. I think he finishes this year, and I think he maybe plays next year. I think it's. I don't think that. What, what do you say? You want to play till he's forty-five? I don't think that. I don't think that'll happen. Okay. Um. Okay, agree, disagree, strongly disagree, strongly agree. Kyrie Irving <laughs> is a flat earther because he's just trying to mess with us. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, I, no, I think Kyrie Irving thinks he's way smarter than everyone. Uh, and I think he's a flat earther because he thinks that's some sort of heightened intellectual kind of... Uh, oh, yeah. Kind you of and I have talked about this. Smarter than everyone kind of thing when it's the most idiotic thing anyone could ever think, <laughs> ever. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know if he's messing with us. If he's messing with us, he does, he's done a great job at it. But if he's not, then, boy. I mean... Um, okay, best sports game you've ever been to? Oh, best sports game I've ever been to. Uh, the... Packers 49ers at Candlestick was pretty epic. Oh, game one. Uh, I can remember. A, yeah, I can remember a Lions Packers in which Lions squeaked the victory out seven <laughs> three. Thanksgiving Day, right? Yeah, in I, Detroit. Even though that's the worst scoreline ever, uh, it, that game was it had a ton of energy at it. Um, was that the Thanksgiving game when Nickelback was the oh, halftime no, entertainment? No, that was a different game. But Nickelback got booed. That was pretty hilarious. Uh, <laughs> Uh, deservedly so. Um, okay. Um, two more. The uh, Agree or disagree? The best Batman ever was Clooney. <laughs> I might just walk out of the back house right now for, for, to have the gall to even ask that question. I mean... Um, no, the best ben, the the best Batman of all time is Ben Affleck, and that's not, oh wow, that's not really uh, Christian Bale's fantastic, and uh, Michael Keaton are fantastic, but um, I I genuinely don't understand anyone that doesn't think Ben Affleck's the best Batman of all time, which which is a hot take to a lot of people, but I I, I that's not a hot take to me. I just I'm like I don't understand how anyone could not think he's the best Batman of all time. But no disrespect to Christian Bale and Michael Keaton, but and Val Kilmer, just to throw in that. And, <laughs> And Adam West. Uh, okay, IP, but. two more. Um, agree or disagree? Strongly agree, strongly disagree. The NBA season isn't long enough. It should start on Labor Day. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, man. 
Yeah, one of the, the, the NBA needs a st- like we said needs a start on Christmas. The fact they play basketball the NBA in October and November, and fourteen people watch those games, it, it makes me so mad. Uh, they, 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 I don't know why they have an eighty-two game season. It's completely ridiculous. They need to start in Christmas. Um, anyone that says it needs to be stop, started on Labor Day needs to be slapped in the face. Um, <laughs> okay, and then one more. The new Justice League movie will have a blank oh, no. you Rotten ask. Tomatoes oh. rating by the oh. end of the first week. Prediction. Oh, my gosh. 62. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I Honestly, I have no idea because Batman vs. Superman was like 27, got killed. Wonder Woman, whatever, had like a 93. So... I with DC, honestly, I have no clue. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I my I hope it has a hundred percent. Um, but I I don't I, I guess I gotta shoot somewhere in the middle because I honestly have no idea. You I, basically took the mean of the the yeah, two I guess previous so, yeah, ones without even thinking well, not about even it. That, yeah. uh, I don't even know. What I the mean I would think be. that no, it you will, did actually. I think roughly. it will be liked but not loved. If, if oh, I'm going interesting. To, yeah. Um, but I hopefully I'm proven wrong and it's loved. <laughs> There, there. That was the end of the speed yeah. round. I, that speed round was actually probably my favorite. Actually, I talked about how important policies are, but the speed round was actually probably my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> I had all this like whole thing about how important politics are and how important policies are. That I'm like, oh, speed round is so much fun. Forget that. <laughs> so, I guess I got some work to do too. So, <laughs> oh man. Um, well, I'm so glad you said yes. Of course, yeah, come, it was a ton of fun to come get interviewed. Um, um, at some point, maybe I'll formally ask you to become a new special political correspondent to the Robcast. You yes. know what I mean? Like, yes. we're going live to Trace Bell in the front of the house, <laughs> <laughs> who is currently watching Don Lemon I'm on tr- CNN. I'm, I'm trying to think of some analogy between some person. Like, I can't, I can't come up with anything. Like, <laughs> Well, thank you. Yeah. All right, my Robcast friends, that is my 19-year-old son, Trace Bell. And one um, footnote, I am Robert Holmes Bell, Jr., my dad is Robert Holmes Bell Sr. Trace is Robert Holmes Bell III. And Spanish for three is Trace. So that was Trace spelled English Lee. <laughs> Grace and peace. <laughs>